Hello listeners and welcome to the Afriweta podcast where we look to celebrate African history, people and culture by telling our story. As always, our hope is that it fills you with enough curiosity to go and do your own deeper research. Karibu to any new listeners to the Afriweta world. We invite you to check out previous Afriweta episodes which can be found on this podcast platform. However, today, this is a wrap-up episode for series three, which means two things. It is a guest interview show, and I hand over control of my precious Afriwetu platform for the day to that guest, who today is in studio. We have Kenya. Hi, Kenya. Hi, Mona. Goodbye. And do it to you properly. Yeah. The last time you heard Kenya was in series one, episode 12, narrating the legend of the Kalala Ilunga, a legend who was the founder of the Luba Empire. Please, please, please go check it out. It was such a dope story. Anyway, now I'm going to hand it over to you. Please be kind. Be kind. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Mona. Um, and thank you for giving me the chance to be in studio with you today, um, to be on a platform and to enjoy just this wonderful space that you've created. Thank um, you. And I think for a lot of your listeners, maybe it would be nice to share that we're not new to each other yeah. and we've known each other for many years and so since, many. We were, since we were, since, uh, since we were children. So there's a lot of history in there as well and we're still friends it's amazing it's shocking <laughs> <laughs> and I think um, one of the things that really really pleases me about what you're doing with this podcast is this is an old and precious passion to you history yeah, yeah. and it's something which you were really seen, serious and keen about in high school oh gosh right? yes yeah <laughs> I remember that. And uh, but I know that even before that, right? Mm -hmm. Because if it was there in high school, it means it was there before you got to high school. Yes. So when you take your mind back a little bit, can you remember as a young girl, what was the spark? Um, what might it have been or when might you remember a time where something about historical context and stories struck you and really, really found opened a deep level of interest in you. So it's so funny. It's when you're saying it now that I actually distinctly remember this. It may not have been the first thing, but this is something that's really stuck out, is there was a point when, I mean, we're a Christian family, and my mom and I were talking about the Bible. And we were talking about, you know, uh, Christianity coming onto the African shores, et cetera, et cetera. And my mom said it, and she said, but Ethiopia, well, what is modern-day Ethiopia, had Christianity before anybody else. And so that just, it, it, was, a, it was a throwaway comment. It wasn't, it wasn't something like we went deep into because I was also really young. I was, I was not even a teenager then when she mentioned it. And it stuck with me. I was like, wait, what does she mean? That the, then she's like, yeah, yeah, they, they had Christianity way, way, way before. She's like, even before it was called Ethiopia. And I remember as a child, especially one who went to Bible study, who did all, and I was like, I've never heard this. What, 
eh? What? And, and how can you just <laughs> say it in passing? Yeah, and I was like, so you know this, and you've never said anything. And I was like, and you know when you start looking around, you're like, where can I find this information? How can I find this information? And that that was it. That was that. And it was definitely I remember it was when I was young because I was in primary school at the time. So, and it just stuck with me. And so was that something in each Bible study class or <clears throat> at church? And you even maybe as you read the Bible, then you looked for these references and realized that I'm not finding them. Yeah. And maybe then that uh, translates into that love of research because you're like, hang on a minute, there's a mystery here, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like um, unpack, unpack, unpack. No, it's true because even when like when so now when you go back and you start reading it and then you start reading the story of the Queen of Sheba, then when you read the story of Christ when he's carrying the cross and he's helped by an African, it's a very clear message that it's an African who helps him carry his cross. You Then you start thinking, okay, but what's the story behind that? And how did that guy get there? You know, was, was it Simon of, was, what is the name? Gosh, I can't Simon remember. of uh, Cyrene. Cyrene, yes. Right. And then when you hear about the eunuch as well, who who was reading the Bible and who said, I've been sent here. And, and eunuchs at that time is a very high level diplomat, basically. So you start seeing all these little hints and I'm like, wait, how much more is there that I don't know? And this was from that aspect. So then to now really dig deeper, it just became a, uh, I want to say obsession without sounding crazy people, but it really became like an obsession to just find out more and more and more and then start learning about our culture. And then obviously as well from my dad's side and my mom's side, both of them are very proud of their heritage. So the fact that they used to share like little tidbits of this is what it is and sitting with aunties and uncles and then they talk about this. And the things like our parents' generation just talk about this like it's normal, but our generation barely know anything and and this is not to disparage anybody who does study this stuff but i'm saying in general many don't so it was like okay and by that you mean talking about their cultures yes with the tribes that they came from yes. the lines of people that they came yes. from yes yeah but all these again were comments in passing the way your mom's talked about ethiopia for comments example. in passing completely right. comments in passing because right. for them it was just and maybe so obvious. almost with an assumption that you understand the context, right? Right. right. Yeah. Even something as beautiful as as our languages, like our peoples and their languages, something as beautiful as that. Words have meaning. Like when they say words of blessings, like, you know, things like when they say, you know, you need to get blessings from your parents, you need to do this, et cetera, et cetera. It's like even those things, you're like, but why? And then you go to find out the reasons why. And you're like, oh my gosh, it's so rooted in beautiful stories. Some of the amazing things you seem to have discovered yeah. are just a little bit of what you're describing, that, hey, there are ways in which we were, mm -hmm. and obviously a very big disconnection happened, and we yes. are not aware of those yeah. anymore. No. And understanding the nature of that disconnection, because you are coming back to tell us some of these amazing things I'm finding that we used to do 700 years ago. Yeah. A stuff that should be considered normal. Yes. Right? Yes. Making glass. Yes. Right? Uh, growing industries. Yes. Farming in different ways. Running yes. economies. Yes. Running societies. Yes. With all kinds of institutions and systems. And it's not only that we had a history of being kings and queens, 
but we had a history of being high-level f- functioning societies of different kinds. And I think that's that's also my point. Is like Afriwetu is not to tell people that Africans were all kings and queens because that's also a lie. <laughs> But it is to tell people that you are also descendants of, yes, the bad. You could have been a descendant of slaves within the African continent. You could have been descendants of worker bees. You could have been a descendant of a physician, of an electrician, of a, not an electrician, sorry. There's no electricity, (laughs) of a blacksmith. there were people managing energy in different ways. Exactly. Of a blacksmith, of a goldsmith, of a craftsperson, of like these are people who used to sit in the royal courts, for example, of merchants, of traders who were doing amazing, amazing things. Of, by the way, women, matriarchal societies were so strong. Like this year there was a lot of matriarchal people who I plunked in there. Um like the like if you just look back to your ancestry, there's good and bad and boring stories but they're still your story like this is still your history so when i go back to mine on my mom's side yes there's royalty on my dad's side those guys were industrialists beyond all of these cut off when you know the evil colonization came through but yes and 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 that's what i want to tell people is like still go and look for your story So in, in in that, like, there's something fascinating you've mentioned there, that this year you found so many other matriarchal societies, I right? I did, I did, so, I did. <laughs> and yet that's not a reality that we experience no. in the leadership of, say, the African political systems no. under which most countries are managed yeah. today. Yeah. Just, and I mean, this is not a simple question, and I'm sure it's not a, it's not a straightforward path. No, it's not. But... <laughs> How did we go from all those matriarchal societies that you've had sort of the, the, the privilege and done the work to uncover to where that is something that seems so distant both in the past and so distant in terms of how long it may take for it to be a reality for us again? So I think part of it is, um, I always say that when, when we had the, the initial, especially when you talk about colonization, um, a lot of them came during the Victorian era, um, where women did not have rights. Like, so it's, we've actually transplanted. From, from, from the societies. Exactly. From the so- colonizers' societies. Exactly. So they already transplanted their, their cultural values when it came to the translation, for example, of um, society, of the Bible, of whatever. So something simple like, um, and I know we're going to go back to the matriarchal, but just something simple like my dad told me how when they used to go to church and they used to sing, they were not allowed to use instruments. It was just the voice. Meaning? Meaning no drums, no trombones, no no trumpets, no nothing. Them as young Africans? Them as young Africans. Um, and they were told that that is not godly. And yet, and this is why I tell people, please, please read. Yet, if you look at the Bible, it is full of trumpets and trombones and Correct. dancing and drum, yeah. et cetera. So, are, so what it was... We are going to know the hour has come by... By the way. Yeah. But if you look at that time Victorian society, it was not in polite company. 
that you made that kind of noise and you made a spectacle of yourself. Exactly. So, so in the same way in which when they were transplanting their societal values, which was about women, we then adopted that as well. So we go from being having very strong matrilineal matriarchal societies to adopting a society that is not of our own making in a lot of these places. So I'll give you a classic example. Uh, La Bozibeni, which was the uh, an episode that was done, which is the episode before this one. This Baos lady decided to <laughs> give money <laughs> to the British to buy a plane. <laughs> like she was, she was a reigning queen. To buy a plane in order for there to be a very clear message that we as women are strong, African women. She was doing this at a time when there was no, there's still, the, the suffragettes still hadn't gotten through the what, right to what, vote. What year was this? This was 19, because Laposipeni was doing this in the late, uh, early 1900s. Right. But if you think about it, when did, when did UK get the right, the women get the right to vote? It's like 1921 or something. Like she was doing this before then. Right. So that's, a, that's, that's an example of a matriarchal society. When you think of Yaa Santewa, who's also this year, when you think of um, Ngola Nzinga, also this year, these women were not oddities in, in, in the terms of like how they took and owned their space. They were, I mean, they were boss ladies, but they were not oddities because also their cultures was very matrilineal. So, for right. example, you could not become a king in many of these societies unless you were coming from the matrilineal side, side. not the patrilineal side. So things and just... And where sort of today, <coughs> you take your name from your patrilineal side, yeah, um, <coughs> which seems to be a more normal, a more normal approach. Uh, not me, rather than normal, just which beca- has, become has become the norm. <laughs> has become the norm, exactly. Yeah. And, and so in that context, when you do this research today, it mm-hmm. means there's a really strong restorative element to yeah. it, right? Yes. Because you're saying something definitely broke in our understanding yeah. of who we are. Yes. And we may use words like colonizers and colonization mm-hmm. to describe sort of the people and the process in, involved in that breaking. Yeah. And would I be right in understanding then that that's been a big motivation for you in Afriwetu why you've sort of gone back to, I guess you could call it pre-colonial African history, mm-hmm. as opposed to sort of a lot of the history that forms our edu- a lot of the history taught in our education systems, which seems to begin with the arrival of um, colonization as an experience, right? And which in its own way then also consciously and sometimes unconsciously perpetuates the idea that that's when history began, that's exactly it. And, I, and, I, and I'm very conscious that I stop. So I, I do as little as possible when it comes to... But it's usually during the demise of the kingdoms and civilizations that you then find um, the start of sort of like colonization or the entrance. So I do as much as is humanly possible to just give people the story of their people and their ancestors prior to all of this. To just say, this why you have to be rooted in your stories because you have to know that we did have wonderful civilizations and the good, the bad, and the ugly about those civilizations, about what it is our ancestors did, about the industrialization, about farming, about agriculture, about all of these things were there. Like, it's not as if they weren't. They they were there. We were then 
rudely interrupted, but they were there. And I think the thing is like, you're right, because most people think that uh, history starts from the scramble from Africa. And you're like, gosh, right? there's a whole, <laughs> whole world. And then the other thing as well is that everybody thinks that when you think of African history, it's just Egypt. You're like, no, 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 no. It's not. In fact, it is a tiny, minuscule, I will dare say, minuscule part of our history when you consider that this continent in itself in itself fills, I mean, Russia, I think China, the USA, Europe, and India fit into the African continent with still some room to left. Like like these these, these And I these, think that's that's a geographical picture of how big the continent is. Exactly. And it maybe maybe in a sense what you're doing is saying if we did the same cultural overlay of the world's cultures and the cultures that have existed in Africa over time, wow. you'd find that Africa is big enough to take all of those in yep. and have more. And have more. Right? And have space. Right. Exactly. So yes, the idea is that we are big. We are giants. We need to own that. If we don't own that, and we don't own it, it's not a zero-sum game. It's like you just start with focusing on you. So my key thing about Afriot is like, just focus on me. I'm not fighting with anybody. I'm just focusing on us because that is that is the beauty in it. Other people can come and find us where we are. That's great. But first, you need to know who you are. And I think that's so important because... Without that, then the temptation to understand history as having begun in a certain point, defined yeah. by people who um, perpet- sort of implement that mm-hmm. in order to frame your thinking mm-hmm. and therefore your identity about yourself, means even when you react, you're reacting against exactly. them. Against another. Against another. <laughs> yeah. And in that case, you are still controlled in your mind or sort of in your thought processes about who you are. Exactly. Um, and defined by, by by their perspective of you. And that will never be positive. And my, my view is that we should always be positive about our history. So, for example, I always say I love the fact that other civilizations and other cultures celebrate their history. We just need to learn how to do it for ourselves. And, and I love what you said <laughs> earlier on as well, that it, it involves the good, the bad, the and the ugly. ugly. Right, yeah. <laughs> because you're kind of showing them that you know Steve Biko said once he, he wrote an essay called "A Quest, the Quest for a True Humanity," mm-hmm. and he was dissecting what white racism in South Africa was, yeah, and therefore what black consciousness in that context should mean. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it all, he comes up to it and he says he makes the point: part of the deep fear you have as white racism or people who perpetuate a system and a structure of white racism is that we may want to do to you what you've done yes. to us. Yeah. Whereas <laughs> what you're failing to understand is that the biggest gift we might end up giving you is the gift of a human face. Simple. Right. And that we're just trying to get you guys to understand that we are human. And so even in your stories, yeah. you can't be human without being good, bad, and ugly. No, you can't. Right. <laughs> Fundamentally <laughs> flawed. <laughs> and it would mean if I know that about myself, yeah. then I don't have to react to somebody who's telling me you've been a bad person and I have spent years of my life distracted trying to prove to them how good I am. Yeah. I'm like, actually, first of all, I am just not your perspective of me. And that's okay. That's okay. It's 
fine. <laughs> and therefore, by having the sort of the groundedness that stories like and the perspective that stories like yours provide, is maybe the way we are learning some of these things mm-hmm. at uh, in our <laughs> the, in our the, big the, ages, in, in the big years age, that we are age. now, right? <laughs> the big age. <laughs> Imagine if. Those girls and boys of today who don't want to stop asking questions. Yeah. If they're able to have that perspective cultivated in them from that young age. Yeah. And then the questions they would be able to grow into asking. Yeah. Right. And the sense of confidence that would fill them with about who they are. So because you are saying then that there were kids. Yeah. At that time. Mm-hmm. Who knew and had absorbed all these stories. And if I'm not wrong. Our stories and the way we told our history at that yeah. time was primarily oral, because it, it seems was. to me across a lot of your episodes and a lot of yes. the, right that history was oral, Which and that that beautiful. was a very common thing yeah. across this immense region of of land or continent, right? Yeah. And but there are also places and stories you've shared where really deep and long written records of history yes. also existed. Yes. And neither one is more, for me, whether it's oral or written, as far as I'm concerned, each of them have their own great value. But do you think maybe a really serious weakness that the oral ones may have had at that time is there were no podcasts in those days? (laughs) (laughs) So, so, because it seems then when, and we do have a big sense of loss about our history. We do. Yeah. We do. And... As you reconstruct them now, what are in your process of research and in the things you've learned yourself, you've shared so much with us, but Mm -hmm. what are things that have surprised you and what are some of the favorite things you've learned about history which you 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 you, you've learned and it was it was the oral histories sort of that you've come across Mm -hmm. and that have changed your own perspective and your own understanding? Um, and what are some of the, just the most surprising and favorite things for you that struck you personally in the last year? Gosh, there were a lot of surprises this year. So the stories of the Ife was one. Actually, I'm, I'm, I lie. All of them. Because what I do is like, no, so for example. Pick all. Come on, I know, give, I know, give us I like know, two, know, which, which, know, if two or three stood out for you. <sighs> Because you see, this is the thing with geeks, man. Everything is great. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Eswatini was wonderful to study because I knew barely anything about the kingdom of Eswatini. Um, So that was such a joy to read because in that, now in that, everything was new. When I say everything, I mean literally everything. I went into it with a blank page, apart from the fact that it changed its name from Swaziland to Eswatini, or rather it, it officially changed its name, but people, the, the Swati always called themselves Eswatini. That was a wonderful thing to do. And then, So how did you get to Eswatini? What, what was your process? What led you to, to this becoming a topic for you? So what I do is, because I am that geek, uh, is for example, like next year, I've already planned the episodes for next year. <laughs> I already plan my civilizations for next year. So what it is, is that I, I usually sort of like sit down and then I just think to myself, which civilizations do I want? Do I, it sounds so selfish, but do I want to learn more about? And then I literally write them down. Um, and because I already have, I do actually have a spreadsheet of like over, I think we're now at 
150 plus from the ones we've already done. So where, when so something pops up in your mind, just, you, you note it down. Yeah, I note it and down. And you record that. So then okay. I look at the list and I'm like, ooh, yes, I really want to know more about that one, about that one, about that one. So this year, Eswatini was on the list and Benin, the Empire of Benin was on my list because the Empire of Benin was just so massive. It was well known by those in, the, in West Africa and in the global north. Um, whereas meaning, the rest of us, meaning, does that include Europe? Yeah, or? Europe, okay. basically. Um, and then, of course, there's the whole furore about the Benin artifacts. So I didn't even, honestly, you'd think I had planned it, but I actually hadn't planned that it would be at the same time that, you know, these uh, museums are returning the artifacts to their rightful place. But the kingdom, the, the empire of Benin was always fascinating. So even reading more about that was amazing. So th- those two really surprised me. And of course, the Ife. So those, 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 those three civilizations were sort of like on my dream list for this year. And indeed, they just delivered. All the others I love as well, people. I do. I do love sound, as well. You sound like you're being asked to choose your favorite among your children. <laughs> I feel like that, honestly. But yeah, those, those three were, those three have stuck with me. Do you see Afriwetu uh-huh. um, in that context? Is that something you're actively aware of that you're a thread? and weaving people's sense of identity back together? Is that something that informs your thinking or motivates you at any time? Um, or is it just the love of research, the fun, uh, the mystery, discovering stories and nuggets along the way, you know? I'm going to give you such a political answer because it's both. <laughs> so, I, I mean, my, my mantra is rooted in our story. So I do believe that when people are rooted in their story and they know who they are in terms of their identity, you stand firmer, not just taller, but you stand firmer in mm. your in, in who you are because you, you know who you are. Um, you know you have a community. You know you have a people. You know you belong. And that's, that's what every human wants, isn't it? To just have a sense of belonging. So if you feel that you don't belong and you don't know your roots... Then, then you are destabilized and you are just swayed left, right and center. Um, so it's very, very, very important for me that at least I spark that interest. Right. So the funniest thing is since I started Africa, so this is year three. If I tell you how many people come to me and ask me, so are you going to do a story on this? Are you going to do a story on that? Are you go-? So, and that's what I want. And by the way, yeah, keep asking because that's what I want. I wanted to spark people going, what about our story? What about my people? What about th- that? Th- why, why, that? Why are you always talking about West Africa? <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm really not always talking about West Africa people. <laughs> <laughs> Next year, there's a lot more of Eastern, Eastern and Southern Africa. But what it is, is that that's what I love. I love it because that means that people have gotten that spark right. to find out about themselves. And it is not my, I don't feel, I don't, I don't, I do not carry that, that weight of making people aware of who they are, but I will happily carry the weight of sparking the interest in people finding out who they are. So as I say, my episodes are literally just a, 
a, a fraction of what the, the of whole, what story, the whole is. story is. If Correct. you imagine, I do. And you, you can't tell the whole story of, of a people. No, in, you, you know, can't. In a few you, minutes. You you can't. Right. And the idea is that um, you used, I mean, it was really fascinating. There's a movie that came out and immediately I had people going, but didn't you do a story about this kingdom? And I was like, yes, I did. <laughs> yes, I did. I did. And I'm like, yeah, listen to it again. It's like, oh my God, that's so dope. So things like that of people just kind of like doing that connection. And because you see as well, in, in the realest sense, because it is an African telling the story, it does have a different feel for me. And the reason why is because I then feel like I'm telling the story of my ancestors, even if it is a West African story, Central, Southern, Eastern, I do feel like a connection to that ancestral story because it is our people. It really, really is. As opposed to it be, it's, it's not an academic exercise. Correct. It, this, is, this to me is not teaching people. This to me is like, I'm telling our stories. I'm so excited about telling you guys. Guess what dope fact I found out this time around. <laughs> There's a lot of famous five in you, huh? And, and, uh, the approach you're taking to, to to discovering this and finding it uh, out. Kenny G is just displaying yeah. the knowledge that we have of each other in our many years of friendship. <laughs> but what what is also fantastic about it is Albert Einstein said, "Play is the highest form of research." Yeah, and you can translate that into the best way that kids learn mm-hmm. is through play. Yes. And so even as you describe your process mm-hmm. of researching stories and discovering stories, it's coming across really clearly how playful um, <laughs> that process is for you. Yes. Right? Yeah. And that you, you, I love taking time to, and when you describe yourself as a geek in that way, it's because you're like, I love playing with, with all of this. I love going from not knowing yeah. uh, to finding out all these am- amazing things that were right next to me. Yes. And which I can now share these tidbits yes. uh, with you. Yeah. So what might some of those tidbits be that we could be looking forward to for, for the coming year, if that's uh, something you can share? Wow. So next year, as I said, I'm going to touch on, um, I'm moving more to the east and south, southern part of the continent. There'll be a few of West Africa sprinkled in there. Um, and I'm actually excited because I'm going to tell... Um, there's two which I know very little about. So that's going to be fun. Are, are, you, are, you, are you open to sharing names now? Or not yeah, yet? yeah, yeah, yeah. There's one which is the, they're from Malawi. <coughs> uh, Malawi, Mozambique. And it's, they're called the Maravi. And it's, it's a people who are also called the Chewa. And they had an empire. And this is, again, knew nothing about them at all. Or like I literally stumbled upon the Maravi. So fun fun fact is that although I had my list, I literally moved out once civilization to put in the Maravi because I was like, oh my goodness, yeah. this is so dope. So <laughs> I'm doing the research on that now. Um, one is close to home. Um, and then I have two, then one more, which I know zero. <laughs> zero about um but that one will be will be discovered later um so yeah so there's, there's a lot more on this side the 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 the, the west the, sorry the eastern side of the continent because so, we've had a lot of people asking questions <laughs> <man>. <clears throat> we, we want to know 
we want to know what those West Africans gave you. I think this is how I get called back for a wrap up. <laughs> Because I you've you've really you've really done an amazing job sharing with us why you do this. Yes. And because here we are talking about the power of stories. Yes. Uh, as family as friends mm-hmm. as people mm-hmm. and the way in which they form identity yep and you've gone through a process where you've navigated uh life learning your yep. career yep and come through it mm-hmm. um on this this raft now that's sort of carrying you forward where you're able to do something that you love yes you may not be making a lot of money about it really right? not but we'll talk about that I'll, I'll t- but what you, but what you are doing <laughs> mm-hmm. is creating a really really deep sense of value and um hey listen man one day the money will come right? <laughs> no me. it's going to come actually yeah. actually yes anyway go on it will okay. right but also because um it's it's a value you're creating yes right and Thankfully. and your narrative is not going to be the broke artist Yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> we are speaking this thing out. Please, please, right. your lips to God's ears. <laughs> uh we've 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 always told stories. And yeah. as as people we come from a culture we invested in and connected through stories. History is something we experience in our bodies. Yes. And the value and reconnection that you're making for us. Thank you. Over time and over memories that were broken. Yeah. Um is something which is extremely valuable and we thank you for the ways in which you're playing your part in cultivating how we can become more of ourselves in this way and you're going to get paid for that. Yeah, I'm going to get paid. In fact, speaking of paid, can I just mention something very quickly? So, the other thing that happened this year with Afriwetu is it leveled up. Again, through a push I'll explain. So we held an event on the 4th of November 2022 and it was hosted at Anjiru which is in Nairobi it was previously called Fun Homes and it was oversubscribed. I honestly expected like because it was a paid event and it was called a night with the ancestors and I honestly thought we were going to get 15 people. We did not. We got like 40. Um we shall host another event in Q1 of 2023 and this was the official launch of the merchandise we finally have merch gosh so on sale at anjiru we have coasters and plaques that you you can place on the table or hang up on your wall and what is very special about them is that they're with my personalized quotes of those particular kingdoms and Absolutely empires and civilizations yeah. and it's it's it, so they're very very special to me and how we got there's a story in itself and i'm looking at you shiro Waweru Waidaka, you know yourself. Um, and then we also have hoodies on sale at Peperuka, who again is another interesting story. And now I'm looking at you, Juice, because these two also pushed me <laughs> to get to where we got to. Um, because Afriwetu really is truly a community and that's how we're going to start making money. So these are just the start of it. And I'm pleased to say that, you know, people have actually be, been buying it, which is really, really lovely especially because it's like a belief in the actual not not the brand but a belief in our ancestors i feel that everything i just gift the ancestors more so yeah so that's how we're going to be funding this 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 thing called afriwetu but yeah sorry go on i just thought i'd 
slip that in. No, <laughs> slip it in because that that's still a mirror of all the stories you've shared with us. You've yeah. shared stories of kings and queens. You've shared stories of cobblers yes. and blacksmiths. Yes. You've shared stories of parents, children, yes. Yes. criminals, yes. And, uh, and soldiers. Yes. You've shared stories of people who are artists yep. and people who cultivated partnerships to produce in food, to produce um, in tools, yep. and to produce in culture. You can't see culture. it, but I'm nodding. Yes. Right. <laughs> and that's exactly what you're doing with Shiro and with Juice and with Muihaki and with all the other incredible people that you're partnering with. Actually, yes. In fact... Speaking of that, I just wanted to give a shout out to my guest narrators. So in order of appearance of the amazing friends who again just rocked it this series. And I had loads of fun, actually. I really did. And so in order of appearance, we had Angie Gashui as Ya Asantewa. We Haki, who told us about Ngola Monanzinga. We heard of the great Laibon Batien from Kaima Mwiti. And then our West African brother Teju came on to represent a legend from his culture, Odudua. And to round off such a wonderful guest narrator series, we had Miss Junga Shui, who introduced us to the formidable Labotsibeni. So guys, please go back and listen to all their episodes. My people to you, Asante Nisana, for adding your voices to the richness of Afriwetu and the telling of our stories, owning our own narratives and celebrating our ancestors. I say it and I truly mean it every time I stand on your shoulders and share in any and all of Afriwetu's success. So my guest narrators, Asante Nisana, um, I just thought I'd put that in. And Aluta Continua. Aluta Continua. And thank you, my sister. Thank you, my brother. For <laughs> inviting me to, to, to share time with you, to listen to you, um, and, and just to encourage you again in, in this really, really just wonderful, fun, amazing, amazing podcast that you do. My kids love it. Oh, I have thank friends in, in our group who love it as well. <laughs> Right, we share your links in our groups, and oh, I'm wow. sure that's happening in so many different places as well. Don't stop um, and keep introducing us to new stuff. Thank you. And, I thank you. Yeah, and keep sparking more and more and more of and this. More conversation. Actually, interestingly, so I did a, a sort of like a wrap up of um, Afriweta, so you can find your stats, and we're still in the top ten percent, people. Um, but a lot of Afriweta is found through WhatsApp linking correct sharing yeah. so if you do want to be i do have a broadcast list so every time there's a new episode i send like a little cute message to people so if you do want to please just um check us out on ig or twitter for now um and just let me know if you want to be added to the broadcast list uh please give us a shout out um and thank you by the way when kenya had all these questions i had zero knowledge of what he's going to ask i do this every time to myself every year i subject myself to this i ask a friend to come on <laughs> and grill me and she's terrified i'm so and terrified I, and i wonder why especially because you know people like this one who've known me since i was what a baby yeah literally yeah we've been we've been friends since we were babies um thank you thank you honestly Kenya I really appreciate it thank you for heeding the call and also being a guest narrator next year we might hear from you again who knows depends on how I feel after this <laughs> <laughs> thank you once again and um keep it keep it going thank you right thank you and let's tell more of these stories man from the past and into the future yes so as 
Can your hands back the reins to me? I want to sign off. And as I said, uh, Series 3 was a mix of one and two-part episodes of Civilizations. Um, the same will be for Series 4. It will be packed with more stories. I'm so excited about sharing it with all of you guys. More stories about our ancestors and all the dopeness that comes with it. But for now, I'll tell you, go back. We're going. I'm going on a break. I need, I need a break. <laughs> short break um, I will sign off until next year come back in February and listen in to the drums that is our African heartbeat and soul and be ready to get rooted in our story thank you for listening to the show shall be back next year God bless and until next time Mubarikiwe Mubarikiwe